Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Alyssa Mastromonaco and I talk about the Trump administration's latest anti-immigrant moves and why Ken Cuccinelli probably shouldn't rewrite any more American poetry. Then special guest Akila Hughes joins in studio with Tian Tran and Dana Schwartz to talk about why flirting is so fraught with mystery and confusion. Then, as always, the hills will die on. Before we get to the show, a little bit of housekeeping. If you want to submit a Hill You'll Die On, record a 30-second voice memo on your phone and send it to hysteria at crooked.com. If you want to submit a question for Dude You Asked, please send it to us at hysteria at crooked.com. That doesn't need to be a voice memo. You can just write it down. You can also submit questions via Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to check out the segment on IGTV. I want to give a shout out this week to a special group of listeners this week. I'm giving a shout out to people who work in retail. It's back to school shopping season, and I hope you're all staying sane. Now let's get to the show. Hello. Hi, Alyssa. Hello, Erin. Alyssa, do you have a favorite American poem? No. (laughs) Well... Let me recite one of mine, um, or part of one of mine, from the poet Maya Angelou. It's called Caged Bird. I'm going to quote a stanza. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still. And his tune is heard on the distant hill for the caged bird sings of passing a wealth test in order to get a green card. Oh, wait, this is the Cuccinelli edition of caged bird um he's rewriting everything he's rewriting all the poems stopping by the woods on a snowy evening but only if i'm not going to get food stamps also a rewrite by cuccinelli cooch anyway i was an english major and this is the first time in my life that i've used that education so congratulations to me but most of all congratulations to all of you Let's get started with the news. Um, Last week, after mass shooting tragedies that his rhetoric arguably helped normalize, if not cause, President Trump visited two cities that didn't want him there to perform some empathy kabuki. 
The public, unsurprisingly, wasn't really into it, especially the photo he took with a baby orphaned in the shooting where the first lady is holding him up like a Christmas ham she baked and Trump is giving a thumbs up. Real weird stuff. Uh, Whenever things start going badly for the president, he opens up his bag of trick and does what gets the media's goldfish brain attention the fastest. He attacks either immigrants or black people or women and sometimes more than one of those categories at once. So, Alyssa, let's Mm. talk about his latest, I guess, goldfish media brain attempt to wrest attention back to the fact that he's a racist. So this week we've had former failed Virginia gubernatorial candidate Ken Cuccinelli out there defending a new plan by the Trump administration to make it more difficult for legal immigrants to get green cards by instituting a wealth test. Uh, Before we get into the actual policy, Alyssa, I want to talk a little bit about Cuccinelli himself. Um, First, what do you think the new rule is designed to do? And do you think Ken Cuccinelli is doing a good job promoting it? I mean, I guess it's who is he promoting it to? You know, I mean, he's not doing a good job promoting it to me. Um, I mean, the, the rule is designed to I mean, he's pretty explicit, actually, in some of his interviews. It's made to promote immigration from European wealthy white people. Right. And to make sure that people who really need to come to America, people who need help, people who are escaping persecution, crime, poverty, they can't come and or stay here. But worse than that, it's like even if you're here legally, he wants to make it impossible for you to stay. And they're also promoting this issue where they say, you know, if you're on public assistance, you know, we've got our eyes on you. You're not going to be able to stay. We want people who can stand on their own two feet as if it is some pervasive problem that people who come here are all living on food stamps and SNAP. And, you know, I guess it's just, they're just going to keep going. You know, they, I think they think that, you know, some of their core base supporters are going to think this is rad and, you know, like build the wall and all that shit. But I mean, I really don't know other than to make, us feel scared and bad what it's meant to do. I mean, and it's going to get the shit challenged out of it in court. Like totally. this, this is something that is going to end up costing people a lot of time, money and brain power fighting both to defend and to uh, try to fight against. And it's so it's, it feels to me like just a big waste of time for everybody involved. Um, and also like, Weren't public assistance programs designed to help people to get on their two feet? Like, Alyssa, yes. were you ever on any form of, I mean, if this is too probing a question, no, it's not too probing a question. Have you ever Hit been in, in your life on any form of government assistance? Um, I did get one of those loans when you go to college. What mm-hmm. are they called? The FAFSA, FIFSA, whatever that is. I think it's like a Pell, I, they have Pell Grants Pell and all Grants, different kinds of Whatever stuff. it was, it was like $2,500 a year. That's a form of support from the government. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, actually though, growing up, I was at a grocery store in upstate New York. I worked at a grocery store in upstate New York, which was the only one in like 40 or 50 miles that accepted food stamps and WIC back then, Mm -hmm. um, for women and children. And guess what? (laughs) No one was, it was not this pervasive problem that people were abusing them. And guess what? A lot of times people came in for a couple of months with their food stamps and then they didn't have them anymore. So like, I guess I just, they're creating this, what like this epidemic where there is no epidemic. Right. I mean, and here's the thing, like people come to America ostensibly because it offers them the prompt, the promise of, 
economic development. It offers them the promise of pursuing career goals and social roles that they were not able to pursue in their own countries. So doesn't it make sense that somebody would come in here if they're seeking a better life from a life that is not as good as the life that they want to reach? Like, and America can stand in the middle of what a person is and what a person wants to be by giving them a little bit of a boost. I mean, when I was a kid, I was on reduced school lunches and right. that's a form of government assistance. And, you know, I think I got some Pell Grants in college as well, which is a form of government assistance. And, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know what they think people who are on government assistance are, but I will say that a lot of states that rely the most on government assistance are the ones that voted the most heavily for President Trump. So Correct. I find that to be an interesting kind of tension as well. Um, do you think that racism is at the root of this um, of this policy? I mean, Cuccinelli said explicitly during an interview that he wanted European immigrants, which is like kind of a cocky thing for a guy with an Italian last name to say, because like people truly <laughs> didn't want Italians when his uh, relatives were coming here. Um, no one wanted the Italians. Nobody wanted Germans. Nobody wanted Jews. Like nobody it, wanted the Irish. Which nobody wanted to the be Irish. fair, as somebody who has an Irish last name and has dealt with a lot of people with Irish last names, I sort of get. I sort of get the Irish thing. <laughs> I mean, pu like public facing Ryan's are fucking up. That's that's what I will say. I mean, it's unfortunate, but there's no relation, so it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it just seems like this rule would affect mostly immigrants from Latin American countries. Do you think that was the what they wanted? Of course. I mean, because he's been explicit about it for the past however many fucking years. It's like, don't come from a shithole country. If you're from Mexico, you're a rapist. I mean, these are all the things and the shithole countries were Africa. Like he doesn't want he doesn't want more people of color and he thinks he's being coded. Like he thinks this whole thing, the cooch is out there, is like somehow escaping all of us what they're actually talking about. But no, this is all about not wanting more brown immigrants to come to America. And you know the funny fucking thing about this? I've been watching this series that Vice has been doing about immigrants in America. And the whole thing about everything Donald Trump does is that it's not based in any science, in any fact whatsoever, which we know, but this law that he wants about, you know, people, if they come you know, they, if they're on foreign assistance, they shouldn't be here and they should go. And we want people they should who stand have their on own, their own two feet. And they should have their own private insurance, which like isn't a thing anywhere else. Like why would anybody come to America and have Correct. private insurance? But here's a gem of a nugget. Every year, people who are not authorized to work in America contribute roughly $13 billion to our economy in payroll taxes, to social security. And because they are working on fake or like expired social security, not expired social security numbers, but they're fake or they've made them up or they're from someone who's deceased, um, they can never claim the social security that they've been contributing. So what Donald Trump's plan really does is just remove $13 billion a year that we've been getting that they can't even, like, take from. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Social Security is exactly flush right now either. <laughs> right. $13 billion. And it's like, did he read that? It's not that hard. You don't have to go deep into a Encyclopedia Britannica to find that one out. It's yeah. like a very readily available fact. Yeah. I mean, Encyclopedia Britannica, Alyssa, that is a deep cut 
Thank you. <laughs> um, Showing my age. <laughs> I mean, we had encyclopedias too. We also had the CD-ROM of an encyclopedia where you could just click on various pictures and it'd be like, this is a dinosaur. And we'd be like, wow, technology. <laughs> um, but here's the thing about trying to restrict lower income immigrants, which are an integral part of the American economy. Um, here's what here's the thing about restricting them from coming here. Like almost every person I know who is of European descent or who has had family that's been here for many generations has a story unless they're um, you know, a lot of people who have, who've, whose families have been here from for many generations has a story of how their relative came here and they had no money. They had like five dollars in their pocket and a big dream and one of those newsboy caps or whatever people were wearing when they came over. And I think in order to service the racism of Donald Trump's base, we're not only cutting our nose off to spite our face, we're cutting our heart out to spite our face. And it seems like this country can't continue unless we are welcoming to people who are coming here to seek a better life for themselves and willing to work for it and possibly needing government assistance in the process of working for that. It just seems like so short-sighted. We're just going to, we're, we're just, we're making things worse. We're making it worse for ourselves in the service of racism. Correct. And it's like, look, you know, my Oma, my, which is German for grandmother, my Oma always told me the story of the St. Louis Manifest, which was the steam liner that came across the ocean in 1939, carrying Jews, bringing them to hopefully Cuba, but Cuba wouldn't accept them and then brought them to America. And we like mobilized the Coast Guard so that they couldn't come in. And then they went to Canada and they couldn't come in. And then they went back to Europe and the French took some of the 900 Jews that were escaping the Nazis. The Belg uh, Belgians took some, Netherlands took some, and ultimately about 300 of the people who were on that ship went to Auschwitz and other camps and were killed. And so when she came to America, one of those stories, all she had was the aquamarine that she smuggled in my uncle's diaper uh, to America. That was all the money she had. Like she came, guess what? She got a fucking job. She worked at Bamberger's and she folded like when you would call to do mail order, she was the woman who put that shit in a box and sent it to you. And she made her money and they were like good contributing members of society, which is what every single person who comes here wants to do. Yeah. Like, like, and he is just he, this and anybody who pretends it's true. Can you find one person that you know, who's like, oh yeah, my people, they're from here. No, they're not. No one's from here. Yeah. And the people who are from Americans and the, and the first Americans were not treated. We kind of like took all their land. So like every, there was a period of time in pretty much everybody's family history where we were like, where, where everybody was like, well, we don't have anything right now. Um, I think, you know, I was thinking also about kind of the cruelty behind this, because these are legal immigrants that we're talking about. These are people right. who came here through the proper channels, didn't break any laws and are just trying to seek green cards, which is a really hard thing to do. I have a member of my family who just um, not long ago got a green card and it took years and it was this whole process and it cost so much money and it took so much time. It's it's hard to get a green card. And these are people that are following the rules, quote unquote, which is something that Republicans love to harp on. And, you know, now we're penalizing people who are following the rules. This, uh, this is a fucking shit show. It is a shit show. And it's also just so fake and so depressing. You know, it's like they're just it, it's like whenever they do these things, you're like, OK, what's really going on that they don't want us paying attention to? 
I mean, there are some real aspects of this. Like, first of all, the ice raids in Mississippi. Last Wednesday, ICE raided (sighs) seven food processing plants in Mississippi. They detained 680 Mm -hmm. people, and it was the biggest single-day, single-state immigration sweep in U.S. history. There were children left crying on the streets after their parents. There were school districts in the area that were left scrambling to find ways to take care of children whose parents were taken away by ICE. This was like a very public thing. It was a very overtly cruel thing. And it's really something that that's like a real effect of this kind of thing that the the president is doing publicly right now. Right. And the thing is, there are always going to be raids. There are employers that violate law and employ people who are not documented. But like there are rules and regulations and there is a way by which this occurs. And it's like they're just doing backflips to be as inhumane as possible. To a specific group, like to to a specific group who are not white. First, five of the seven plants were owned by Coke Foods, as in the Coke Brothers. Um, one thing that they're always supposed to do that ICE is supposed to do before they conduct these raids is notify child protective services in the state, which they did not do so that like provisions can be made for the kids whose parents are going to be, um, who are, who are being arrested. And it's like, they just do, they go to such extreme lengths to traumatize people. And I think that's the, I mean, it's, it's just. It's really sad. Yeah. I mean, and another real impact of this, and this is bringing it back to last week, is that the ideology that leads people to believe that this country is better off if it's whiter is the same ideology that led the person who drove to El Paso and tried to kill a bunch of Latinx people to do what he did. Um, And it's the same ideology that led Senator John Cornyn to tweet, Texas gained almost nine Hispanic residents for every additional white resident last year. It's the same ideology that governs Steve King, Iowa Rep Steve King, who has said that culture and demographics are our destiny. We can't restore our civilization with somebody else's babies. And this all ultimately leads to racist violence and bloodshed. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that I mean, I said at the top, kind of tongue in cheek, that I think that the president had a really bad time going to Dayton and El Paso and having people be like, fuck you, get out of here. Um, And that was a bad week of press for him. But now what he's doing is expressing the ideology that led to some of that violence in policy this week, which I think people are maybe losing sight of. There's a through line between those two things. He's so consistent. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting that we can pretend to be surprised by <laughs> any of it. As long as Stephen Miller is kind of slithering through the West Wing, this is the sort of thing that we're going to see over and over again. I guess so. I mean, 2020, baby. Yeah. It's like hard not to be discouraged. I've been pretty discouraged this week just because it's so gross. Cruel. Uh, Cruel and gross. And I wish there was a way for me to be like, hey, you know, I I spend most of the night or most of the nights of the week at my fiance's house. Maybe like an immigrant family can like use my bedroom. I I don't know. Like I wish there was something that I could do that was like, because I want them here. And why, why do people who don't want immigrants here have more of a say than people like me who want them here? And me. And you. Anyway. We both do. Okay, well, let's move on to toasts and roasts. Alyssa, do you have a toast or a roast this week? 
I have a toast. Okay, let's do it. Prepare prepare yourself. Okay, I'm ready. Um, so again, hardcore upstate New York lover that I am, I grew up loving Natalie Merchant and 10,000 Maniacs. Okay. Um, obsessed. She used to come through my line at the grocery store and she always had recyclable bags. And when she came to my prom, when she came through my line, she's like, how come you're the only one here today? And I was like, cause everyone's getting ready for prom. And she surprised us and showed up at our prom. And so this is why I have a deep love for her. But here is why I am toasting her, because it was just reported that she has been teaching a Head Start course here in upstate New York for quite a while. And she didn't want anyone to know about it. Like the kids don't know who she is. She's still selling out concert venues like across the country, but she is using her time to teach Head Start. And I was just like, I thought that was cool. And I wanted to toast her. Wow. That's good. I had a roast, right? but I think I'm going to save it for next week because I would like to send to end this on a on a little bit of a high note. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that right? she's teaching teaching pre-K or like a early childhood class. That's and she's so teaching them how to sing. That's very cute. I love that. I thought I thought so. Okay, Alyssa. Well, it was lovely talking to you as always. And uh, let's chat more next week. Okay, goodbye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, (laughs) not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount, text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. 
Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on oh. a, it's like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit falling just above the knee while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is, like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're— they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. If someone were afraid of the dentist, maybe they haven't been in a long time, maybe they're embarrassed because they haven't been in a while, I feel like this would be a really safe place for them to go and get the care that they need. At Advanced Dentistry, we get it. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, if you want to learn how IV sedation can change your life, visit NoFearDentist.com. Okay, we're back. We're at the part of the show where we spend a lot of time talking about things we spend a lot of time thinking about. Let me welcome the wonderful women who are joining me today. First of all, she is a comedian and actor, Tian Tran. Hello. It's been a minute since you've been I here. I know. I'm so excited to be back. I know. This is like the post-soccer this is, oh, God, we're living in a post-World Cup time. <laughs> it's too hard. It's too hard. And I miss that L.A. victory tour yeah. game, too. Oh, I did, too. I was traveling. But 
I'm sure they'll keep playing soccer. You're right. <laughs> it's gonna, you're right. It's going to. It's not going to be the same, but you're right. Mm-hmm. It's going to continue. <laughs> no, they announced before it. They were like, "This is the last women's soccer game. <laughs> we're not playing anymore. We're ending on a high note." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's like uh, it's like Thirty Rock. They didn't want to go any more seasons. They were like, "This is. We need to end with the snow globe thing and Kenneth being a <sighs> an ageless ghoul." God, I love that ending. <laughs> that so is a good. It ending. makes me cry. It's a good ending. <sighs> Next up, we have writer, author, bookmaker, jumpsuit wearer, Dana Schwartz. Mostly jumpsuit wearer. Mostly jumpsuit wearer. I bought the flea bag jumpsuit. You oh, did? I did. You I committed. Did. I, I thought it was too late. I know it had a moment, but then I came back and I regretted not being part of that moment and I, and I bought it. That's well, you know what? In, in five years, it'll be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, don't wear it till then, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay? I think it's a classic shape. And it is. I, you, it's very flattering. Yeah. Phoebe Waller Bridge is such a goodness. Thank goodness for her. She's such a babe. Thank goodness for her. I'm so glad that she exists and she's Uh, writing. Yeah, well, also thank her for her jumpsuit, you know, vanguard trend setting. Absolutely. It's a great jumpsuit. Absolutely. And also for her writing a perfect season of television. Yeah, that too. Whatever. Uh, Yeah. Just perfect. Um, Finally, (laughs) so excited. So, so excited that she's here in the flesh. (laughs) You stab. On on the left coast, we have Akilah Hughes. What up? Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I like that I treat this like it's actually a radio show for truckers. I mean, it is if you know podcasts or digital. I don't know if we have any truckers that listen. I bet you they do. Honk if you're trucking right now. <laughs> You'll be the only one honking unless there's another trucker listening at the exact same time. That's right. <laughs> the two lonely truckers. <laughs> cute me cute. Oh my god. Oh. Let's write a movie. About two truckers. <laughs> Who listen to this podcast and, then, and, and then, honk then, at the same time. And then and then fall in love. <laughs> oh my god. I actually the had the gay rom com I want. I, I had a I had a, a great aunt and a great uncle, uh, hetero, that and they were married and they were truckers and they would go on long hauls together and they had like a they would take turns driving and one person would nap and then the other Aww. person would nap and yeah, great aunt Helen. She used to be a trucker. Oh my god. That's cool. That's cool as hell. That is cool. Yeah. Lady Trucker is, yeah. is cool. Helen of Truck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to get into it's too bad that can't be the episode title because <laughs> why not? <laughs> Helen of Truck. <laughs> it could it could be about anything. Yeah, well, let's just bring it back up when we get yeah, to our topic. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um and speaking of t- the topic, um, I want to read a little bit from this piece from The Atlantic, which was written by my favorite historian, Alexis Coe who is great. You should read everything she's written. Um, So she wrote about flirting and flirting's kind of fraught relationship throughout history. And she wrote about an anti-flirt movement in the 1920s. So I'm just going to read from um, what Alexis wrote. On March 4th, 1923, the first ever anti-flirt week was organized. 1923, guys. <laughs> Can you think of how they were flirting all the way through the revolutionary era. <laughs> they all put the, those ankles away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Washington Post published the club's rules. Rule one, don't flirt. Those who flirt in haste oft repent in leisure. Two, d- I don't know what that means. Yeah, I'm Two, like, break that down. <laughs> yeah, don't accept rides from flirting motorists. They don't all invite you in to save you a walk. Oh, Whoa, that three, must be a common thing. Don't use your eyes for ogling. They were made for worthier purposes. <laughs> Four, don't go out with men you don't know. They may be married and you may be in for a hair pulling match. 
Ew. <laughs> I like. I kind of like that these rules are written with like a little like. Yeah, they got a little sass, zabs, zabs to yeah. them. Yeah, but they're also very bleak. It's like, don't go in a car with another guy. Wink, wink. You might get raped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to pull his wife's hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or his hair. Yeah. There's going to be physical violence. Yeehaw. <laughs> um, don't smile at flirtatious strangers. Save them for people you know. Okay. Yeah, but. That- I like that. If Mila, I don't, yeah. Tell me not to smile. Yeah, I like that one. More of that smile room. less. Don't smile at strangers. I like that. What if you were walking down the street and you were smiling and someone was like, don't. I don't know you. No. <laughs> Seven, don't annex all the men you can get. By flirting with many, you may lose out on the one. Okay, that one actually is... I, like that one I think is important and legit and I want to come back to that one okay. after you go through Okay. These. Rule number nine, don't let elderly men with an eye to a flirtation pat you on the shoulder and take a fatherly interest in you. Those are usually the kind who want to forget they are fathers. Absolutely oh, true. Yeah. Wait. Absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's... Well, it's like I remember the first time I was working in an office and there was like a much older guy that I was like, oh, yeah, he's just saying cute things to me because it's like yeah. there's he's not a sexual entity. But <laughs> while I at age 23 might have not have considered a man who was 55 a sexual entity, the reverse is definitely not true. Yeah. Yep. Men who are 55. <laughs> Do consider you a sexual entity when you're 23. Number 10, (laughs) don't ignore the man you are sure of while you flirt with another. When you return to the first one, you may find him gone. Too late. Anti-flirt week. What did people do with their time? I mean, yeah, you can't. There's like back in the 20s, I feel like there was so few things to do that it's like we take out flirting. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, I guess I'll read. I guess I'll read and do nothing. Well, that's why the games are so weird, like hoop stick. Oh, yeah. Just run oh my down God. The street it's an impossible game. It's so hard and dumb. <laughs> Have, Have you tried, tried it? Yeah. Have you tried it? Yes. It's hard and dumb. I'm from the South. We had to go to these weird homesteads where everybody drowned and they were all buried on the property. <laughs> And they were like, okay, kids, after you look at all the graves, we all have to play this hoop game. And we all just were like standing on the side. Like, it's just, just too hard. Like, I don't understand this lifestyle. Yeah, and like, I, w- I understand why they all drown themselves. <laughs> I get it. There's, it's all like hoop based or cup based or stick based. Yeah. Like, they're all hoops and sticks. Wacky and sticks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and no bouncy balls. They didn't have like bounce technology back then. So it's just like a heavy softball. You just throw it. <laughs> and I like old strong men. Men, like men who are the manliest men working out and they were in like onesies and like lifting things. And <laughs> they were just like walk with like barbells that had yeah. like <laughs> balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to the 1920s. Yeah. Sounds great. Although there was a fl- anti-flirting uh, m- movement apparently. Um, but I thought that that would be a good way for us to get into the topic of flirting. And by flirting, I mean not just like, you know, you see someone on a bus and you smile at them or whatever. Um, I'm talking about like early stages of courtship where people are gauging romantic interest in each other mm-hmm. or when people are just socializing and engaging romantically or flirtatiously. I think it's a fraught topic because right now there's so many ways that people can communicate and there isn't quite a, an agreed upon set of standards of like what constitutes flirting and what doesn't mm. constitute if there was flirting. that would be so boring exactly. if there was like yeah. i declare interest in you and the other person's like i accept or do not accept isn't that just, just like, what online dating is though that's <laughs> yeah, literally sort of, yeah. what it is in every period this white piece base. Yeah. <laughs> about the 1800s and white people like you guys really did this like you had to meet her father first before you could have half a cup of tea and like touch wrists <laughs> <laughs> i also feel like there's like there's also the grand gesture 
culture that has sort of been lost. And you would see like, you know, I don't know, in yeah. in like uh, in, a, in a Capra movie, a guy would like play a phonograph outside of a woman's window. <laughs> <laughs> say anything yes. with the photograph it's so yeah. heavy that's why they were lifting all those barbells <laughs> it's just him with it on his knee like come out and it's like a, it's like one of those like crackling records that they play like in uh, in The Shining it's like she's <laughs> like that's my jam who's out there <laughs> midnight the stars and you um, but let's, let's talk about flirtation um, first Akila, I want to start with you okay um, I think part and parcel with flirtation is the idea of game. Yeah. What is game, mm-hmm. and do you think you have it? Oh, I definitely have it. We'll start there. But game <laughs> is, I think, it's definitely more about words and the sort of things that you say to people that get them a little like, ooh, you like me. Oh, like I'm I'm really good at it. My style of game, though, is uh, definitely just making boys blush. Just like saying cute things about, I'm like, look how cute you are. They're just like, stop it. <laughs> That's kind of it. My game is really simple and it works every time. Are you flirting with like four year old boys who hide behind their moms? <laughs> Wasn't like, no. that all boys? <laughs> so they're dead. They're Spiritually, like, all boys are four. Yeah. They're like, I just want my mom to say I'm cute today. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be your mom, but you're cute. <laughs> it's like very uh, childish and dumb. But yeah, I don't know. There are some guys who've said some things. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, do you think that it I'm has... I'm like trying to think of a good line for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, do you, can you remember any lines that you've used on people that have resulted in like, oh. Ooh, and um, do you have go-to lines that you go to? Was, like, like, do you have repeat lines? No. See, Are you I, on the apps? Am, I improvise. And I am on the apps, but I do not see anyone from the apps. I'm the person that they warned you about who just sends you 100 messages and then ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to meet anybody from the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, ooh, one time it worked. Uh, somebody asked... Have we met? And I was like, not yet. And then like just looked at them like, oh, it's like just simple ways of answering questions that like imply that you actually care to meet these people. (laughs) It's like, I mean, the bar couldn't be lower in 2019. (laughs) That's true. That's definitely true. I'm like, I showered today. And they're like, wow, she got gay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I I don't I think as like a hetero woman. There's like you don't really have to try. <laughs> you just have to show interest and have boobs. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, not even it's the not boobs. It's not that boobs. even that, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, go to Reformation Doc. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the ad for the day. <laughs> Y'all, it's not that different in the queer community either. <laughs> All right, let's talk about that. Have you noticed, like, because, you know, when you grew up, when you were younger, you've talked about how you were like, I like boys, but... Oh, my God. I <laughs> When I was trying so hard to be straight I was oh, I tried. that's so heartbreaking <laughs> yeah, why like, would anyone want to be straight book title that doesn't exist trying yet. too hard to be straight oh god I like was a flirt because I wanted so badly to like fit in and not get caught like not get caught out as like a lesbian mm-hmm. so I was a big flirt in that way that like I would agree to go with my best friend to hang out with the boy that she liked, oh. and then he had a friend. Oh, uh, the classic double. And yeah. I would go as well, and then it would just be like, let's a, pretend we like each uh, other. Let's pretend we like each other, <laughs> and like put our feet in this jacuzzi. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I mean, like when I think of game, I always thought of game as like 
how often are you supposed to text like those rules? Like mm. never like the like um, in person words and like pickup lines. I always thought of it as like, how many days are you supposed to wait until you're supposed to reach out to this person? Oh man. And zero. Those, and the those games. Zero. And then I realized it was zero. Like yeah, when yeah. I started dating my partner, it's like, oh, all the ideas of games had like dropped to the wayside. And it was just like very easy and fun. Mm-hmm. Can I tell my biggest game success story? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um when I was in high school, I no surprise, I was a debater, like a national debater. That is yeah. the least yeah, that's surprising thing you've ever said. <laughs> and uh, there was obviously like one hot guy in the debate community. Always. There's always like one hot guy. <laughs> There's the one who's like, oh, well, his teeth, like he got his yeah, braces off. He's so like, he's kind of tall. <laughs> so there was one. And like everyone knows everything about them weirdly. He was like two or three years older than me and went to a, a different, like a school in the district, but a different school. So he had no idea who I was. But of course, I and my female friends, we knew everything about him. Mm-hmm. Graduated uh, my senior year of high school. I'm a waitress at California Pizza Kitchen. Ooh. <laughs> and who should walk in but the uh, hot debate guy. Oh, yeah. Who, like you know, is a few years older and has no idea who I am, but I know exactly who he is. So I pulled this thing where, you know, he's at his table with like his brother, friend or something. And I'm like, you look so familiar. Do I know you knowing his first and last name, where he went to high school, where he goes to college? He's like, oh, I don't think I knew you. And I was like, oh, my God, your name here. I was, you don't know me. I was like a freshman when you were a senior, but like all the girls had a crush on you in the debate world. And he's like, oh, haha, that's so funny. And I left my number on the check. And he called, oh and we went out. Wow, it worked. Yeah, wow. High school Dana. Yeah. That's pretty. Go that's off. pretty good. Was it a fun day? Um, I think it was fine. Okay. I think I kind of realized he was not like debate hot. It doesn't really translate to the yeah, real it's world. Right. It's yeah, like, no. like the currency. The expectations are so high. Yeah, debate the, hot is like writers' room hot. <laughs> Ooh, that's. Mm. But I. I <laughs> but I've been chasing that rush, that that thrill of the catch ever since. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I I think I've. Be, I was. Uh, <laughs> this is giving me this luck. <laughs> no, I love the it. Thrill of the <laughs> that's really like like scripted. It's like the yeah. version of yourself that if you could go back and write it as like this is what I wish I would have made myself do you did it well that's why i'm telling oh the story god. of me from nine years ago the one time <laughs> it happened oh my god if i could ugh. the very first time in college that i like slept in the same bed as another woman it was so I, we didn't do anything because we were shoulder to shoulder Ooh. in an extra long twin which is already yeah, like so much is happening <laughs> yes and I chose to talk about some guy. I like could I wish I could go back and like make a move, but instead I was like, so Matt was like really into you. And I was like, oh, why did I do that? I'm fine now. You didn't no, 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 pass I'm the fine. Test. Like, <laughs> that, that scene, if it was scripted, is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I oh have my notes. God. <laughs> As a lesbian, you are not passing the Bechdel test. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's it's honestly just a gimme to pass the Bechdel test as a as a lesbian. It is. And you yeah. just you just you whiffed you it. Own gold, it. You own golden. Own I golden. know. Well now I'm like hundred percent passing the Bechdel test. <laughs> I think I developed a sort of like anti game just because when I was in I went I'm from a really small town, really small high school, like never really felt the need to like flirt and also because you're very pretty but I was that's such a pretty (laughs) privileged thing to say I I have a perfectly symmetrical face like I don't know why I have a shot 
Handsome men just come up to me. (laughs) Well, in high school, I was like very underdeveloped. I was like, I didn't get to be about the height I was until I was in college. Ryan's grow very slowly. (laughs) So I was like five foot five. I'm five seven now. I was like five foot three until almost my senior year. And then I grew (laughs) That makes you not flirt with me. (laughs) I was also like the same. I was like just a pencil. I was shaped like a pencil. And uh, and so I just kind of was like the sassy, like I would just like turn to the guy sitting next to me and be like, I don't know, like make a (laughs) smart ass comment. And that was that was my cultural. That was my social currency. And then when I got to college and then it was like, oh, people just uh, like, oh, people want to talk to me. People come up and talk to me. It became a test to see like how weird, like the weirdness of things I could say and still like have them. You're just a troll. (laughs) I'm going to say I've never felt or been pretty enough to want to troll men. (laughs) Oh, God. There was a period of time. This is now something that I used to troll my friends. This is not a sexual troll at all. But when I was... Platonic troll. Okay. That's the title. Sexual troll. troll. What is flirting but sexual troll? Yeah, that's true. But I I used to do this when I was using the dating apps before I met my future husband on a dating app. Um, If there was a picture of somebody with an animal, whether that's their pet dog, a tiger, <laughs> uh, fish picks are really fish. popular from oh, what yeah. I've been yeah. told. A, a fish, a cat. The comment that I would make is, which one's you? <laughs> That's good. That's a great line. That. That's a good line. Wow, just, everyone should learn. Like, people listening should write that down. That's so good. <laughs> Which one's you? Yeah. Um, that's the title God, of my memoir. Good one. It would be a picture of me <laughs> holding up a taxidermied owl or something. Which one's you, colon, sexual trolling? <laughs> <laughs> sexual trolling with Aaron Ryan, who has yeah. never known what she's doing, <laughs> ever. Um so uh, going into like talking about meeting people, um, why is meeting people so weird and hard? Because like, you know, we've all none of us are, are native to the city that we're currently in. Yeah. So like <laughs> when you go to a new place, it's always just like fucking weird and hard to meet people to be friends, but specifically to meet people in a romantic context. So like. Why do you think that is? There was a golden age when Facebook first started Mm -hmm. and like everyone was on Facebook when people like used it. Everyone used it and people actually wrote what their relationship status was and like meant it in an earnest way. And now you meet a guy and you're like, he might have a girlfriend or he might be married or like, I don't know what his deal is. So then you have to awkwardly put yourself out there and like flirt and just wait for him to be like, Oh, yeah, I also saw that movie. It reminded me of my longtime girlfriend. (laughs) So that's what's awkward for me when I was, you know, single. It's like that element of uh, I don't want to, like, inflict my flirting on an unwilling partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it also gets really awkward when you're in a conversation with someone where you're like, I didn't know that this conversation would go on for as long as it has. When is it time for me to tell them that I'm either available or not available? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then when I tell them if I'm not available, when I tell them that, will it come across as presumptuous mm. that I'm like, oh, you are trying to get, you know, mm-hmm. I always hate it when I'm in a conversation with a man platonically. And he's like, yes, my girlfriend, you know, and like <laughs> and it's like I'm not. Yeah. If I were trying to have sex with you, A, I wouldn't be like in a relationship trying to sleep with some random dude. Second, like you would know it more than I don't know. It just feels like very. But then on the flip side, when you have a partner and a guy like I have a lot of guy friends and then the guy is like, hey, do you want to like catch a movie Tuesday? And like it's a person I would like to hang out with. And what's the way to be like? 
Yeah, but just FYI, not to presume anything, I don't want to say you have sexual interest in me, but like the, this would be a platonic thing, right? right? Our faces aren't going to touch, yeah. right? Nope. I love that you all warn people. Like, I just be like, swerve hard in the middle of the movie, like, excuse me, I actually really wanted well, to I, see this. I, <laughs> <laughs> the Viking is the highest grossing movie in America right now, so like... Like, I don't warn people. What, is there, what's like the... What's I think the, you don't, what do you I do? mean, I feel like I've gone on a lot of things that were supposed to be dates and been like, well, I'm not feeling it, so now it's technically not a date. Yeah, that's <laughs> It's not I, a bad date if I don't. Don't make it a day. <laughs> it doesn't count. It doesn't go into your L column. Exactly. Yeah, There's column. no L's. We have like, uh, we have a lot of wins, no losses, and one drop. <laughs> like that. <that's> <laughs> Akila yeah. running out of a movie in the middle, going still undefeated. Yeah, exactly. I'm like this movie was Just bad. Just friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we handshake before I leave first. Don't leave together. <laughs> um, one thing I think that's that has enabled and crippled meeting people is like technology. Oh my because God, yeah. there's a lot available online about people, but there's a lot available online about people. Um, but I also wanted to talk about how technology has enabled people in the LGBT community to meet each other, because I'm interested in, in your perspective. Like, do you have friends and have you seen the way that it has impacted the way that LGBT people date? Well, I, you know, I, I never, I never did the apps. I got, I met my partner in person, but I was also way too intimidated to do the apps. In person? Oh, how old fashioned. I know. That's every relationship met, I've ever had. Met, a, met at my birthday party. <gasps> really? Why was she there if you'd never met, met her before? Her. She was a friend of a friend. Oh, that's the perfect. And they had wow. brought her. Art. And it was. Did they bring her because they kind of thought they do yes, it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and it did. Just look at us six years later. Oh, yeah, <laughs> six years. I'm going to leave. <laughs> I've never even kept a plant alive for that long. Yeah, my longest relationship is my retainer. <laughs> but go on. So, that's actually memoir. really good because <laughs> I'm like it's still good. It's time. really good. Um, you know, so I can't I can't speak to like from experience, but I know that like grinder is such a big thing for cis gay men, and like I feel like it's people feel really kind of a mixed bag towards it of having that access, but also that it's like desensitizing people to yeah. just like relationships and like meeting up with people. And people are also really racist on Grindr. Oh my yeah. God. They're insanely <laughs> racist on Grindr. Yeah. So with some apps, it's like it allows you to, you know, find folks that you didn't get to find and it helps find community in a way that's like, you know, it's kind of hard to still meet people both for safety and for access mm -hmm. for queer folks. Yeah. And so, like, sometimes hitting on someone in public is, like, a risky thing safety-wise, like, physical safety-wise. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think those apps are great for that and allows people to, like, flirt and start a conversation, start a relationship without that fear mm, at least Lots allaying of. that fear a, a bit. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another interesting issue is like when there's a miscommunication, when people misread sexual interest or when you misread sexual interest. So um, how do you like determine when you, anybody here, have, <laughs> have made somebody uncomfortable and what do you do to rectify it? Like, have you ever flirted with somebody and they're like, whoa, 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 Nelly. No. Like, yeah. And have you had to, have you, have you had to like pull it back and how have you done that? I find, I think it's been a little while because normally I won't, I don't know that, that I think, I don't know. I can't remember like a specific time, but I think the move is for me, I'm a very like over speaker. I don't, I like get, I have no subtext. Everything is text for me. <laughs> so if I do something, I'd be like, whoops, you have a girlfriend. Good to know. 
she's a very lucky woman. We can still be friends. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I just say it out there. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think of a specific example, but my move is definitely like diffuse the awkwardness by being super blunt. Like, we both know this happened. Let's just get past it and move on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Akila, do you have any? No. <laughs> Only it's never wins. unrequited. No. It's never unrequited. I, just, I don't like very many people, so it, it typically is like, oh, cool, you talked me into it. I guess we're dating. Like I, I feel like I, I'm very rarely like seeking it out. I mean, I think sometimes online, like people will be like, oh my god, my friend has such a crush on you, and then like they'll DM me and be like, sorry, my friend said that. Like I do like you, but I'm married, and I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I want to be removed from the narrative. <laughs> I'm blocking both of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a weird thing for them to yeah. introduce. It's like, why are you putting this on me? Yeah, yeah I'm like, my day was fine. Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to eat my sweet green <laughs> <laughs> quietly and listen to my music. And here we are. Um, uh, yeah, do you ever find, I mean, Tian, do you have a, an answer for that? Have you I ever mean, had to like oh dial God. it back? When I was a baby gay, I was like so excited to be out. And so any woman who talked to me, I was like, oh, she's into me. <laughs> and most of the time... They were straight women just because I was like in a space that was like more straight than it was gay. And I had to I friended someone very hard thinking that they would like they were flirting with me. And I realized it wasn't happening. And I, I, I had made her uncomfortable in terms of just being like, let's go out. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I just instead of being responsible and an adult and like calling it out, I just like ghosted oh. yeah. that'll happen but you know what I think is confusing <laughs> don't you dare just say that'll happen and walk away <laughs> well you know you know classic ghosting <laughs> I mean I, I'm literally like when I was there was a company that I worked at once where they named leaving a party without saying anything the Aaron Ryan mm-hmm. instead of the Irish goodbye because I am such a ghoster habitually in micro and macro ways <laughs> and so I'm super <laughs> super <laughs> It is not the right thing to do, but yeah. I've been <laughs> No, it's not the right thing to do. <laughs> I've been there. I got better at like reading it and being like, oh, okay, we're just, this is, this right. is not what I it mean, is. but do you think that when you first meet somebody of, uh, who's a member of the group that you're sexually attracted to, that you're not, nec- that at the beginning, interest is interest. And it's sometimes kind of hard to tell if you're excited about them because they're like an exciting, cool person and you want to be friends with them or if you want to sit on their face. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's kind of too... That's such a gross way of putting it. No, no, no. That's exactly how it should be put. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, I, I have no qualms here. I've sort, of, I've sort of found... The reason that I wanted to flag that anti-flirt club room about the don't annex people mm-hmm. is, like, what I hated about the apps and why I got off the apps was the feeling that, like, people were just kind of, like, collecting people, like, and then waiting for the next person. Like, I... Not that I so much did that, but of course I did because that's what the apps do. They, like, make people less humans than just, like, basic ideas, like the outline of a general, the general idea of a human. Mm-hmm. And then everyone is sort of like, well, I'm going on three dates this week. And you're always sort of looking over your shoulder and waiting for someone better. And I just found that really uncomfortable and dehumanizing. And so I didn't, I as a straight person who you know, gets to walk through the world and and be safe and flirt with, you know, generally whoever I want. Uh, I didn't find the the benefits of the apps outweighed like that general feeling of ickiness I get. So I just use Twitter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's legit. Yeah. I mean, I one time I was at a bar in Williamsburg in Brooklyn and there was like this obvious 
bachelor party weekend situation sitting around a table and like all the guys were like talking to each other and like being bros and like I don't know high-fiving <laughs> and being like football <laughs> um, but there was one guy sitting there and like I this is like maybe I don't know but I love like watching people in public who don't know that they're being watched watched <laughs> and like especially if it's like they're eating alone or they're like just reading a book by themselves or they're whatever and this guy was sitting there on his phone, it was just like laying on the table and he was just kind of swiping, just swiping right over and over and over and over and over Every again. Every person. He did it for half an hour. Oh, my gosh. And He's it was like, just yeah. like, I remember at <laughs> the time. People do that like that. It's weird to see it. But that is like the normal use of that app. Like that is right. the, the re- recommended use of it. Yeah. Just swipe right over and over and over and over and yeah. over again. And it, I remember just like. Think it, it was like watching a monkey jerk off. Oh. You know, it was just like, <laughs> what? Where are you from? <laughs> I, I, I was just like, what zoos do you go to? <laughs> no, but it was just like there was no. It was like a brainstem yeah. activity yeah. that had nothing to do with any sort of higher emotional function. He was just swiping right over and over and over again. And at the time, I was in a relationship with a different person, and I remember thinking, like, thank God, mm. I am not out there. I'm not on the apps. And it was just. Ugh. That's exactly it. I mean, being in L.A. and like the city of manifestation, I kind of feel like unpopular opinion. uh, I think the problem with the apps is that people go in thinking this is what I want. And like in the history of the best relationships of my life. It was never like, this guy checks all the boxes. It was Mm -hmm. just like, wow, we're really having a good time. And like, it's good enough. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think if you go into an experience uh, with your expectations really high, almost certainly they will not be met. And Mm -hmm. so then you're mad being there. Every date you go on, you're like, well, that wasn't Prince Charming. And it's like, it's not gonna be. Yeah, right. The world is melting. (laughs) Find someone and just shut up about it. (laughs) That's how I feel. That's your your other book. Find someone and shut up about it. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Oh my, you know, that's, that's so, that's such an interesting way of putting it. Well, the apps will tell you like you're 96% matched with this yeah. person and then you'll meet them in real life and you're like, the sound of your voice makes me want to jump into a blender. <laughs> that's that 4%. Right, exactly. <laughs> Except for the sound of your voice. Mm-hmm. They're like, I just don't like the way that you gesticulate. The sound of your voice is a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found that a lot of times like guys I, you know, get along with on the apps and you meet them in person and you're like. The, the voice is big for me. And also just like the human smell, like the pheromones. Not that they smell bad, but they just That's like smell real. wrong. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like some people just like it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. In yeah. Like a human biological brainstem way. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of men that uh, like a specific genre of like jock like frat guy still on his group text and he's 32 <laughs> like that they smell sort of like a specific cologne mixed with chewing gum and it's like a specific smell and whenever I smell it I'm like no yeah. like and I, I mean obviously I'm not dating now but when I when I was dating whenever if I would meet somebody and I would smell like chewing gum mixed with this cologne I'd be like no nope, I'm out mm-hmm. and like now even when I'm in public if I smell it I'm just like oh get yeah. me oh I can't yeah. I can't be here I gotta get out of here but the but the apps predict only like on paper like if you were just mm-hmm. texting back and forth forever this is how you would get along but you actually have to like physically interact with them I think Josh and I were rated like 85% That's like we would, 80, we would 85% get along That's pretty good. Um, which I think is about I think it's more like <laughs> yeah. an 85% chance that you would get along yeah maybe 
I don't know. If you're higher than that, then like that's too weird. It's too weird. Yeah. I found the hardest situations for me are when I go out on dates with a guy that I genuinely like really like and we get along and he's funny and we have a lot of things in common and we talk. But like I'm just like I do not want to get naked with you. Like I'm dreading. <laughs> yeah. I'm dreading the idea. The idea. <laughs> and then you're like counting down. And you're like, oh, this is like the fourth date. I know he expects something to happen, but I just I don't want it to. So you're like, that's the worst thing where you're like, it's not personal at all, but it's also the most personal to them. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, it's made me feel better about myself because all the times that like anytime a guy has ever like, you know, broken up with me or like been like, oh, you know, I'm just not feeling it. I'm like, OK, well, th- there's this guy out here right here who's like amazing. He's smart. He's funny. He's like objectively attractive. And just for n- no good reason, I'm not feeling it. And I have no ill feelings towards him. And so if I feel that about him some people feel that about me, and that's totally fine. Yeah, well, I mean, actually, there was a study that showed that men tend to do something called a sec- they they have something called a sexual overperception bias, which is a real scientific thing. A, a study published in Psychological Science uh, several years back found that the more attractive a man thinks he is, Ugh. the more likely he is to read sexual interest into interactions with women who are not sexually interested, mm. which is super interesting. But men who are judged to be attractive attractive by women underestimated women's sexual interests. So a guy who's yeah. really high on himself <laughs> thinks like everybody wants to fuck him, mm-hmm. but women or guys who like just women think he's that, he, that he's more attractive than he thinks himself thinks of the Johnny Bravo effect. Yeah, apparently. Um, but the, the study authors uh, hypothesized if men's sexual overperception bias, I love that's really, a, yeah. sexual overperception. I'm gonna say that bias. to someone yeah. to their face. I'm like, I think you what are. you're suffering from. <laughs> this is a sexual overperception. When bias. I can read those men, I'm always like, my girlfriend, my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gay. I am very gay. <laughs> uh, it says if men's sexual overperception bias functions to provide men with self confidence and motivation to approach desirable targets and to enhance men's apparent mate value, this pattern of results <gasps> may reflect I a sweet value. mate value. <laughs> may reflect a suite of adaptations designed to promote positive illusions among lower, lower quality lower men. Lower quality men. Oh, my low God. Quality. Low quality men and mate value. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> We have so many book titles. Mate and value. Stealing it from psychologyscience.com. <laughs> totally. Um, but the, let's get into the topic because we have a lot of male listeners. And sometimes when I talk to male friends of mine, like a common concern of like non-shithead men is like, what if I'm making a woman that I'm interested in uncomfortable? How do I know when that's happening? How do I pull it back. So like let's talk a little bit about male sexual overperception bias and how it has affected us and how maybe men who are trying to be good guys could try to head it off. I'm going to make a rule, a general rule and you know, it's going I feel like it's going to be applicable 90% of the time. So male listeners take take that what you will. If you text a woman a question or multiple sentences and she texts back haha and nothing else, just haha and then nothing else, she's not interested. <gasps> she's not interested yeah. in continuing yeah. that conversation at this moment. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Don't really? Yeah. But I think, I mean, I think I would say, let's pick up this back up. I'm busy or, or something. Or if I said, ha I'm like, that is the end. And if, he's, <laughs> if he asks you out, like, oh, like, I had such a great time with you last night. And then like a cute little joke about the movie. And the woman just writes back, ha ha. Don't. Yeah. Usually, just err on the side of caution. 
Yeah. That's Ooh. my ju- that's my rule of thumb. Like if you would send haha you brought like uh, to the male listeners uh, who are straight, I suppose. Um, <laughs> we've got, we've got gay male listeners, but I have zero expertise. Listen, they don't need my advice. I can't. Yeah, they have. you guys are doing. You guys are doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> You're doing congratulations, on. gold medal. Congratulations, <laughs> but I can't help you in any way. Yeah, but I think that like if I, I mean, just to Dana's point, it's like I think. Yeah, if you would send a ha-ha text and not mean it generally or want to continue talking, just pretend that the woman has as much agency and, like, a brain as you do. Yes. And they're making the same choice. Right. That's it, to be able to put yourself in their shoe. I've noticed something, and I wonder if you guys have. I The second that I feel like I am unavailable, like when I start dating someone in a relationship, it's like a real when it rains, it pours situation where like then all the weird dudes who I like <laughs> went on one date with who like ghosted me who I haven't talked to, <laughs> then they all slide into my DMs. It's like a pheromone signal sends it out is. into the world the second you're off the market. Um, They're threatened. <laughs> they yeah. can feel that there's blood in the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't be one of those guys that joins the like, I mean, if you, after, after I got engaged, when we came back to the States, like I put it on social media and I got like a few text messages from guys that were like, hey, congratulations. And it's like, like they yeah. were sort of like, like and, they lost uh, the game or yeah. something. Like, good game. Good game. Yeah, good game. <laughs> like guys who have a game. Oh, my like, God. Yes. Like guys you haven't heard from in a while. Right. Yeah. And they were like, hey. He's a lucky guy. You know? oh, I that. uh, See, that's it. That's okay. what I'm talking about. He sure I is. have one too then. For, so guys listening out there, if you knew, if you liked a woman who is now gay, <laughs> don't send them any compliments in their DMs about them and their girlfriend. Oh, I have oh, had no. that happen too many times. Mm-hmm. How, where, like, how many? More than one hand's worth More than one hand's worth of times where like I will have this one fucking guy <laughs> will come into my DMs and be like, oh my God, happy new, oh my God, happy Merry Christmas. You guys look so great. And we like made out once at Lollapalooza. It was a bad, like bad day, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was 10 years ago and yeah. it was in the EDM tent. We all make decisions, but, yeah. <laughs> but like, don't do that. Yeah. Also, you know, that means that you're the most exciting thing that's ever happened to them. <laughs> so they're like, I have to keep this relationship going so I can tell the story every day yeah. about how we made out in the EDM tent at Lollapalooza <laughs> a decade ago. And now she is happily with someone else. <laughs> yes. She's gay now. Um, your allyship doesn't need to be showed in that way <laughs> yeah, that's that's such a move like the 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 slide the relate the the adjacent to a relationship slide yeah it's Wait, such it's uh, such a weird move have any of you ladies ever done that because i've never done no, that. I've never, yeah, <laughs> it's no. never occurred no. to me to reach out to the man after i'm like oh no. good for you, you like you guys so happy sometimes i'll like my move is if i if uh, a guy i like hooked up with and i still follow him on instagram and i see he like got engaged i'll like that Instagram post, which to me, I feel like is a is a sign of benevolence, like utmost benevolence on my part. I'm like, I grant you happiness and my heart. Good on you. Good for you. That's the extent of my thing is like a, a former hookup who gets engaged. I will I will fave an Instagram post. OK, that's fair. That's nice. You know, one thing that, that I'm, a, I'm a really big person. <laughs> oh, really? Mother Teresa. Yeah. yeah. Over here. One thing that I think think uh, is is a little annoying that men have done in the past is that if you express 
like you're having a good time. You guys are like hanging out with your friends and then they express romantic interest and it's not reciprocated or you're not available or for whatever reason, it's just not going to happen. And they just don't want to have anything to do with you after that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. sort of like that sucks. Cause yeah. it's like, sorry, my only worth as a human being was if my you, sexual organs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Were you ever want? Did you, was this friendship real? Like, are you just oh, not wow. capable of hanging out with me with like without there being a sexual component? And- Although I think in that situation, you do have to give a slight benefit of the doubt is if they had like a genuine crush and feelings, then it kind of hurts because I've been on that side mm-hmm. where I'm friends with someone and I, you know, I'm interested and they're not or are unavailable. And then it just it hurts a little bit to hang out with them for a little while because you've had feelings for them. Mm-hmm. So that's the the fine line is like them being like, well, I just I don't like seeing them with their new partner. It makes me feel bad. Versus like, whoop, she's not going to suck my dick. Use this human being. But I think I think most perceptive people can tell the difference between the two things. Yes. Like yeah. where it's like the sort of interaction that ends with like, hey, do you want to go out? And you're like, no, actually. And they're like, oh. And the one that's like, well, fuck you, bitch. Like those are yeah. two <laughs> totally separate things that happen. Yep. Some of my queer fem- femme friends, I like when I was first coming out in Chicago, I ended up having crushes on them, but then became friends because after a while you're like, there aren't a lot of us. We have to stick together. Let's <laughs> just maintain this. You have to maintain this. We got along and we need to keep community. Yeah, if the purge were to happen, yeah. <laughs> we have to be we on have the to same be team. Together. Okay. An alliance. <laughs> um, one more thing I wanted to talk about before we have to take a break and move on. What are some like TV shows and movies that are about dating that you have found to be either totally on the nose or totally off in La La Land and like how, do you watch them uh, as a way to connect with reality or as a way to escape from it? <laughs> well, there's one that I think I like, but I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> Can someone Google it for me? Yeah, what's it's it? on Netflix. It stars Jason Sudeikis and Allison. Oh, Bree. I love that movie. It's called Sleeping with Other People. Yes. It is excellent. I love Everyone that. should watch that. I think, I think it's, it's really great. Written and directed by a woman. Yes. One of the best rom-coms, I think, of the last decade. I would agree. Really? And I think that, I mean, the one thing that's a little weird is like they're supposed to be the same age. And I'm like, come on. But it is, like, very um, – it's about a person who, like, really finally wants to settle down and stop sort of messing around and is in therapy to stop messing around. And she likes this guy, but she's also, like, still in love with the other guy. I don't know. But I think that it's, it feels realistic, and it's also, like – I mean, it does sort of end happy, I guess. It feels super realistic but still feels good. I really like that. That rom-com. Yeah. All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry that I, didn't I jumped give you on any, this. Like, I didn't there's no context about what it's about, <laughs> but I will say they started sleeping together in college. I think they lost their virginity to, to each, each other, other and then were just friends. Yeah. I, yeah. Hmm. And then years later run into each other, but the guy is also... A They're both like philanderers. That's the way that I think that that concept departs from reality because I think <laughs> unless people really actively try to interfere with their personal demons, yeah. they're the, sort of like your Well, it destiny. is based in New York, so. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, the, they had to work on it. It's them. like they had to they had to end the movie at the moment when they were happy because it's like, oh, this isn't going to Yeah, last. two weeks later, <laughs> yeah. she's back with the shitty old man. That's yeah. like, I don't know. I'm addicted. Have you seen uh, the television show? It was formerly called Scrotal Recall, and then they renamed it uh, Lovesick. Scrotal yes. Recall. I remember seeing the name Scrotal and being like, Recall? God, I'm never watching it's that. It's so good, though. Yeah. Well, because it's like kind of that. It's British, but they named it. It was called Scrotal Recall because it's about a guy who finds out. I think he has chlamydia, but an STI, and then has to go back and call all his uh, people he slept with. And so it's like kind of told like 
back through, you know, going through chronologically his relationships. Uh, and like the British, I interviewed, I remember because when I was working at Entertainment Weekly, I talked to the the creator and he's like, we just thought the name Scroll Recall was so funny and we just went with it. And then we were like amazed that it actually went with that name. And then it went on Netflix. And I think what happened was people were watching it, but then Netflix was like, would you recommend this to a friend? And everyone was like, no, I'm not saying that out loud. <laughs> and so they changed the name to Lovesick. Mm-hmm. But but it's a really, it's a good, I think, representation of that dynamic when you're in your 20s and like flirting around and, and sleeping around and that that you're not sure the level of seriousness of a of a new thing. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of this this ineffable element of of modern relationships that it captures really well. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, I, mine, mine doesn't like really in any way encompass anything real. Um, mm-hmm. I like think about this movie and it still like bothers me. Like I'll be going about my day <laughs> and I'll just think about it and be like, God, that was fucking dumb. Yeah. The Wedding Planner. Oh, um, wait, with, Jennifer uh, with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> it comes and together. Another Jennifer Lopez movie. I'm telling you, she's uh, the back. She's it was, oh my God. Imagine if your fiance left you for your wedding planner. Exactly. I think I the she's the wedding planner. And it's it's Matthew McConaughey pre McConaissance in <laughs> when he was like in his like rom com phase. And yeah, he just like falls in love with the wedding planner and she's like very organized and it's just it's so stupid. I have and, a question about that movie because I haven't seen it in a while. Do they? Is there anything wrong with the fiance? Is she like secretly a she's monster? She's controlling, or, yeah. is, or is he just like this bitch planning a wedding? I want to. She's just a woman who is stressed out planning a wedding, yeah. and like you're, I don't think that anybody is at their best when they're stressed out and trying to plan a huge party for a bunch of people who are like. Uh, it's just it just is like so dumb. She deserves a sequel. She deserves a sequel. <laughs> all of the we should do a show about all of the women who got left behind. All of the like evil fiancés. <gasps> the disposable fiance yeah. is the name of the trope. Yes, it oh, is. Oh, it's wow. like she's all, she's usually blonde. She's like kind of like bitchy or yeah. controlling, mm. and then she um, and then she gets left for the more interesting. Person. I, I made this. This when I, I worked at Entertainment Weekly and I made this gallery of the best disposable. thirty-one best disposable fiancés. Is that Meredith Blake from Parent Trap oh, on wait, there? Wait, is Pretty Woman on there? Yeah, <laughs> Adina Menzel. For sure, she's just Adina Menzel. Is the Baroness from Sound of Music <laughs> on there? The, she was a Nazi sympathizer, so oh, she's fine. She was always disposable. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. 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 It's always like a pretty brunette with straight hair. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you even see the fiance in um, Pretty Woman. It's just the first scene where he's like, "Well, okay, move out of my house." <laughs> yeah, over the phone, like yeah. that's it. It's been James Marsden like three different times. <laughs> he looks like he would leave his fiance. <laughs> <laughs> Poor James. I'm, I'm trying Marsden. to think of like good queer representation of relationships that I've like. I always think about the L word, but mm-hmm. like not yeah. in full because the L word is. Uh, kind of bad. Yeah. <laughs> but like n- bits and pieces of different people's relationships were very formative for me hmm. that I think about. When you watch Orange is the New Black, do you... I've never... I've never seen it. What? what? Uh-oh. <laughs> that, that sorry, for my, was, sorry for my truth. <laughs> I found that show to be um, very like illuminating and interesting and it was the first time that I saw a lot of queer relationships being depicted on screen as like a non-queer person and it was like really 
eye-opening for me. I should go watch it. Yeah. I mean, first season's great. Second season's great. Second season is really good. When third season was a little jump shock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stick around if you want to. Okay. <laughs> when, we, when we talk about TV and couples, I always... Pam, Pam, I, I can't stand Pam and Jim. Yeah. You, you know, can't stand Pam and Jim? I can't stand Pam and Jim. Why? I think they're a bad... She did leave her fiancé. She li- And he also does a lot of grand gestures that he... I, I mean, I've talked about this on the pod before, but like he makes a lot of grand gestures without consulting her, which I think is really fucked up. Yeah. I hated... In the, did, did anyone else see the movie The Greatest Showman? No. Yes. <laughs> I hated I hated that he did all this stuff without asking. He like bought a giant house without He's like, I want to surprise you with a house. And then he bought a circus without asking her. And he's like, surprise, a circus. And then he <laughs> goes on like an American tour without asking her. And yep. then that's the one where she's like, I just wanted to be a part of your life and this one thing. And I was like, bitch, she did everything without you. Yeah. Yeah. I hated their relationship. I also so hated angry. that movie. They made it seem like P.T. Barnum and was like the first person to put out a diversity fellowship and was <laughs> like like in a good way when we all know he exploited everyone in the in in the in the circus yeah. but it was like you've given them a platform <laughs> <laughs> oh man the okay, father go. of diversity <laughs> found Zendaya it's crazy <laughs> um, well guys uh, I think we've solved flirting <laughs> um, we have to take a break I, I could talk about this for a long time because it's so fraught mm-hmm. and I think it's fraughtness as a feature of it so um, I'm sure we'll revisit this topic in the future but when we come back we will have the hills we'll die on. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. Okay. 
Okay, we're back. We're at the end of the show, but not quite the end of the show because we still have to take stances that are very adamant about things that don't really matter. It's the hills we'll die on. Let's get started with our listener hill. Hi, my name is Grace, and the hill that I'll die on is I don't want a fucking paper straw. If you're going to take away my plastic straws, <laughs> yeah. okay, I get it. Yeah. Single-use plastics are part of why the planet is currently boiling underneath us. But don't replace it with a piece of paper that's going to disintegrate in my drink and give me all those weird feelings when it rubs up against my teeth. Oh, I get chills like fingernails <laughs> running down a blackboard go ahead <laughs> keep your fucking paper straws give me a sippy cup or no straw i can manage i'm not a toddler i'm not gonna spill all over myself <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm so into this one <laughs> i'm so into this one this past this past weekend uh we, i stopped somewhere and i don't believe in iced coffee as all of you know it doesn't work um but it doesn't work it doesn't work like, hard disagree <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't work, but Josh got an iced latte and there was a paper straw in it that was really cute and it had like little gold hearts mm. on the outside and was like, oh, isn't this Instagrammable? Within three minutes, it had just like disintegrated and it was like a paper like thing with a twist in the middle. Oh. It was just all soggy and We just gross. have to wait for paper straw technology to catch up with us. <laughs> it hasn't been to. given a chance to grow. We just need to stop putting ice in beverages and just drink them out of a cup. Well, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's un-American. But I also agree. I don't like the paper straws. My biggest problem is that they always come in a plastic cup. And I'm like, isn't the cup bigger than the straw? <laughs> like, let's just give me a paper cup and a straw. Right. Well, <laughs> or like a big plastic lunch. And they're like, okay, so you have a plastic fort, a plastic knife, a plastic container, and then a plastic a cup with a paper straw, like the, the dry hump of caring about the environment. Like, we did it. Come on. Oh I don't. God. I don't like that they put saving the environment on us when, like, yeah. come. Like, there are like five companies that are dumping just like gallons of plastic and garbage into the oceans, <laughs> and they're like, "It's your fault that you're not recycling." Yeah. It's like the okay. amount I'm recycling and doing, like, literally everything in my power in a year. Is probably like there like Tuesday morning, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. It, it's sort of uh, it's sort of empty. It's like conservation theater. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm making this. Uh, just yeah, it's it doesn't make any sense. It's like having a it's ordering a big value meal at McDonald's, just huge fucking Big Mac, mm-hmm. huge fries, and a diet coke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like I tried. Yeah, I'm like just let the world burn. Yeah. <laughs> we had our turn. <laughs> Series finale. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, my my the hill I'll die on this week is very pure and innocent. Um, so it's summertime and it's hot in most places. Um, I'm going to go ahead and recommend for a dessert. Get a thing of blueberries. Put them in the freezer. Mm. Frozen oh. blueberries are a treat. Put them in the freezer and then like the next, <laughs> just have them. I'm incredulous. They're so, so good. They freeze perfectly. They're like, they're like little mini like ice popsicles and they have, wow. they're so, so good. They're, they're a treat. The You've, opened my eyes. You've opened my eyes to like a hill can just be like a good thing. Yeah. Like a, a tip. Yeah. It's a tip. Here's a tip. Frozen bl- blueberries are a treat. Put, put some blueberries in the freezer and then just pop them in your mouth as you're watching TV, like popcorn or like a... a Instead of having like delicious ice cream or something that tastes better. Well, it's, a good, it's a good Whole30 replacement. Yeah, exactly. Do you not like blueberries regular, Ted? No, I mean, I like them like hot and like melted into a muffin or something. Like a regular... Like temperature blueberries, just like <laughs> I bet you upsetting. can't you can't picture it, but just just give it a try. I'm gonna give it a try. It's I'm a, gonna try I'm it, gonna and I'm gonna, gonna record and myself, and I'm gonna be like, if I die, <laughs> because Aaron said this tasted good. 
I died of, of something tasting underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Though, my heart will stop. It's gross. <laughs> it's like, have you watched, have you watched that, uh, that series on Netflix, uh, I Think You Should Leave Now? Yeah. Uh, yes. Where that, uh, that one with the older boyfriend, when he burns his lip on room temperature gazpacho, because <laughs> he was expecting it to be cold. <laughs> yeah, that's Tim Heidecker. He's so funny. Oh, that show is so good. That show is so good. Okay, uh, who wants to go next? Dana, do you I got one. Or? My Hill, inspired by Aaron's pro, a positive hill stance. Oh, wow. Is, oh, um, <laughs> don't come to us. The film uh, Josie and the Pussycats oh, excellent. is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And that's the hill I'm going to die on that it was sort of underrated at the time. Not really, Critics didn't really like it because it's super tongue-in-cheek and campy and ridiculous, but it knows it and it has fun with it, which is the best thing a, a fun, like, lighthearted movie could be. Which, a thing about a movie about Josie and the Pussycats should not take itself too seriously. Uh, the songs are genuine. Slap. Slap. <laughs> yeah. They genuinely slap, and I listen to them to this day. Yeah. Is this the most recent one or the one with Ra- Rachel? Is Rachel Lee Cook? Cook. Okay. Rachel yeah. Lee Cook, huh. Rosaria Dawson, Terry Reed. The villains are Alan Cumming and Parker Posey. Yeah. <gasps> it's art. It's oh. such a good art. It's, and it's all about, like, the over-branding and commercialism of just, like, the world. Yeah, and like, sponsorship. Hollywood, if you're listening, I would be honored to write an updated version about Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. It's it about, needs to be adapted for our times. It's about, like, the the insidious uh, hidden product placement and... Uh, Oh, I'm gonna telling teens to to join the army and buy American made products. <laughs> also, okay, I'm gonna watch Josie and the Pussycats and eat some frozen blueberries. Yeah, I, what a great Sunday afternoon! I would watch Parker Posey do basically anything. Yeah, I would watch. Really I would watch her fill out forms. <laughs> like she's she's good in everything. She is really good in everything. Um, all right, Tan, do you want to go? Cool, I'll bring us down. I'll be a negative. <laughs> uh, happy to. Uh, <laughs> since it's wedding season and we just did just talk about flirting and relationships, I think the hill that I will die on is that I don't think anyone should ever call their partner and or boyfriend, girlfriend, their best friend. Mm -hmm. I can't stand it. And I think it's really annoying because I don't think you should make your person be everything in every way. And I think being like, they're my lover and my partner in crime and my (laughs) best friend. I'm just like, no, first of all, you have put this person on a pedestal in a way that could never be reached. And what about your real best friends? Yeah. And I never wanted to fuck my best friends when I, you know, like, don't, they're not your best friend. Your best friends flew across the country and spent yes. $900 for your bridal shower. Yes. Yeah. You are not Better marrying friends, your yeah. best friend. <laughs> okay. That's okay. the hill I, I will die on. I can get down with that. Yeah. All right, Akila, do you want to bring us home? Yeah. All right. So let's get real. Hill I'm going to die on. I think movies with overt scary and TV shows with overt scary CGI monsters need to have directors tell the actors to react to the smell of the monsters. (laughs) It drives me crazy (laughs) when I watch Stranger Things and there's a scary giant spider breathing in their face and they're like, I smell nothing. <laughs> like, really sell it, okay? You want to throw up. <laughs> that thing is, like, you know that E.T. smelled like garbage. <laughs> and he's touching Drew Barrymore, and everyone's just like, it's great, I love having it in my house. I'm like, what What does that smell like? <laughs> like, no, there's no scene where they're washing him. <laughs> he never takes a bath the whole movie, I don't think. Can I say something really gross? <laughs> and we should probably cut this. Yes. In my mind, E.T. smells like, like an uncircumcised penis. 
<laughs> and no one reacts. They're all just like, like now there's many, many, it's too many. There's too many skin folks. Akila, I would like to see you with just a super cut of all of these monsters. <laughs> just making just sounds. insert yourself into this and just be like, oh yeah, like oh my god, oh my god, nobody else smells this. Yes. <laughs> like Sigourney <laughs> Weaver needs to be like <laughs> gagging as the alien is breathing into her mouth. Like that's what I want to see. You need to be screen. in the background of every. Yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. oh, I'm oh. gonna barf. Oh, it reeks. Oh my god, what is that? Like just act like it stinks. <laughs> I'm tired of watching things where I'm like, well, clearly that monster's not there. <laughs> or have, I mean, like, who do you think would smell good Ooh. of all the of all the monsters? So yesterday, Patrick Bateman. Yes. Oh. Patrick Bateman probably smelled good. Really good. He used very expensive soap. Yeah. I feel like, so I thought a few days ago that maybe Thanos stank, but I, in hindsight, I'm like, he's <laughs> no, clean he's shaven. Clean, yeah. <laughs> he was cooking. So I'm like, this is a guy who has hygiene and he's rich and owns all the time. Yeah. Stuff, whatever. So <laughs> Voldemort never washed those robes. Oh my God. I no. bet you would smell just like high heaven. Just <laughs> yeah. like Peter sweat. Pettigrew probably smells like shit. Mm-hmm. He's been a rat Whoa. for so yeah. long. <laughs> Gamer basement. Gamer mm, basement no. smell. Yes. Must see basement. Yeah. <laughs> but like a guy, like a bunch of guys have been playing video games down there for a long time, mm-hmm. drinking monster energy drinks and not taking showers. And like mm-hmm. eating Soylent. Yeah. Just like baked Doritos. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. That's a good point. Because it's yeah. like, yeah, clearly. Also, Take you know, <laughs> also in this season of Stranger Things, the monster is so gross. Yeah. And he's so played up as like, yeah, it's like exploding rats <laughs> can come together and make a spider. Mm-hmm. Like, and the meat spider would smell bad. Yeah, like, it would smell like absolute hot trash. And well, no one acts if, like that's the problem. If you've, ever had a single, if you've ever had a single mouse die in your apartment, that is the worst smell in the world. So yeah, like a bunch of exploding rat guts yeah. in the <laughs> nether realm. Yeah, like you would just take that cage to the like the newspaper all by itself and be like, you smell like <laughs> something's wrong with these rats. You know, they don't even have the mouth yet. you be like, this smell is heinous. <laughs> but would love to see you in a scene where there is an alien. You're like, not too bad. Yeah, like, wow. wow. Oh, my God, what is that smell? I can't even describe it for the people at home. <laughs> like, what if it turns out that the alien from Alien has, like, breath, but the breath is really nice. Oh, my yeah. God. Then, then she wouldn't be, like, so whimpery. She'd be like, Ooh. and then, like, they'd maybe make out. Ooh, it's kind of, like, lavender. It's a little bit of floral. But, like, edible lavender. Like, a nice, like, tasty floral, like you'd find in a wine. Like, a note of lavender. Yes. Yeah. That's great. I can get down with that. And, like, 90 CGI really did it. Like, they would like burp and green shit would come out and you'd be like okay so the green is the stink line yeah (laughs) it's implied that it's bad but now they're like "Eh, the green was stupid yeah (laughs) let people imagine nobody could smell in the 80s so everybody was doing cocaine exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah everybody's noses were fucked yeah do you remember for a second when it seemed like smell-o-vision when like they were trying to come up with gimmicks for movies and it's like 4x like your seed rocks and it's like we spray a smell at your face well like they thought that was the height of movie technology mm-hmm. oh, God. they still do it at disney i'm really glad that <laughs> and i'm that... always like no one wants this <laughs> i don't want anything sprayed in yeah, my the face smelling... no no. <laughs> no. We don't need to experience it, but I think Akila is right. The actors on screen <laughs> sell the should danger. Ex- sell, sell the smell. Sell the smell danger. Mm-hmm. Sell the smell. Okay, on that note, <laughs> we're going to end the show. Dana Schwartz, Akila Hughes, and Tian Tran, thank you so much for being here. Thanks to Alyssa Mastermonico for calling in, and there'll be more hysteria next week. I'm from another planet. This nation's 
Hysteria is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Rustin is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thanks to our digital team, Nadina Malconian and Elijah Cohn, for production support each week. For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in, like you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.